Lord God, again, we just thank you for this beautiful day, and I just ask, Lord, that you speak through me, that the words that come out of my mouth would come straight from yours, that you would touch each and every one of our hearts, that you would speak your truth truth to us here today for the glory of our Lord Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to start off with John chapter 10, verses 14 through 27. Now, what I'm reading is from the NIV, so you can follow along in the Bible, if you want to, it's going to be on the screen as well. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Then came the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple area walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We are constantly bombarded by noise of one kind or another in this world. Everywhere we go, people are talking, music is playing, televisions are blaring. I ride the subway downtown to the medical school where I work. And in the subway station, as well as each of the trains, there's a plaque that says, no playing of music unless it's connected to an earphone. However, in most of the stations, they have music playing overhead. And quite frankly, it is not the type of music that I would choose if I were going to listen to music. So it's okay to listen to music as long as they get to choose it for you. It seems like the whole world is trying to decide what we listen to, trying to decide who gets our attention. You ever been in one of those restaurants where you can barely hear the person next to you talking? It's like a major competition to see who can be the loudest, to see who can be heard. Satan is trying to do the same type of thing. He's trying to make people listen to him instead of Jesus. Today I want to talk about prayer, but I want to talk about a part of prayer that a lot of us don't really think about sometimes. That's the listening part. You know, Jesus said in the scripture we just read in John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. And the question we need to ask ourselves is this. How often do I truly hear his voice? How often do I truly hear his voice? 
When it comes to prayer, we often treat God like a short-order cook. We tell him what we want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I hope you can handle that. Let me know if you need me to do anything, and I'll talk to you later tonight. We give him a list of the things we want, a list of the things we need, and a list of our problems. But we rarely take the time to listen to what he has to say. What many of us have forgotten is that prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's not supposed to be a monologue. It's not supposed to be us talking constantly and not listening. It's a conversation. How can we possibly hear his voice if we never stop talking? In Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 9, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What a promise. See, meditation is a word that we don't really use much more when we think about prayer. However, it is a very, very important part of prayer. God said to Joshua in verse 8, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. In Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. See any resemblance between those two passages? Meditating on it day and night, being successful and prosperous. 
Psalm 119, 97 through 99. It says, oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. And in Luke chapter 6, 12 and 13, it says, One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Jesus had an important decision to make. He was selecting 12 apostles. And that wasn't something that he took very lightly. He spent the night praying to God. The night praying. This was obviously more than just, hey, Dad, I need to pick 12 of these guys to be the best. Can you take care of that for me? I'm going to bed. I'll see you in the morning. Love you, Dad. He spent the night talking to God, meditating. And letting God help him choose who to pick. He spent the night praying to God. That blows me away. I couldn't tell you when the last time was I spent a full 10 or 20 minutes throughout the course of the day praying. It's not always an easy thing to do. But it's something that we need to do on a regular basis. It's not something we have to stop our lives to be able to pray with God. We can pray and listen to him anytime, no matter what we're doing. You can even do it when you're driving in the car, but do not close your eyes. Not a good thing. You may be talking to him personally if you do. Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. This is when Jesus, Peter, James, and John came down from the Mount of Transfiguration. It says, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I ask your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirits saw him immediately, it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. 
And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. You know, many versions of the Bible say this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. See, even the disciples did not have a connection strong enough with God to be able to drive that demon out. But Jesus did because he was constantly in prayer with God and meditating on God's word, on God's truth. He had a connection You know, fasting is another aspect about the whole prayer thing that seems to have been forgotten. A lot of people really are not keen on the idea of fasting. And I think that most people don't really understand the whole principle behind it. See, the purpose of fasting is to take our eyes off of something to allow us to have a better connection with God. To give us more focus on God. It's a way to strengthen our relationship with God. It's a way to open up the lines of communication with God by opening a channel for God to speak to us. And in all reality, it opens a channel for us to hear him more than anything. It allows us to forget about something that demands our time. It doesn't have to be food. It can be anything that you choose, that you do on a regular basis, that you want to give up to get a better connection with God. See, fasting creates an opportunity to hear God. Fasting creates an opportunity to hear God. Before Jesus began his public ministry, he spent 40 days in the desert fasting. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. And this takes place right after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Forty days and nights fasting. I have, a trouble, I have trouble making it from breakfast to lunch. Forty days. It says at the end of them, he was hungry. You think? Yeah. Forty days without eating. So he could be in complete and total contact and meditation with God. He was beginning his public ministry. You know, a lot of people think that Jesus just come down and and everything was, was laid out for him. He just knew exactly what to do and off he goes and he does his ministry. He was a human being. As much as he was God, he was on this earth as a human being. And he lived just like the rest of us. 
He didn't just come with all these powers to go and do everything like it was nothing. Fasting for 40 days, being tempted in the desert. We've talked about that before. He suffered every kind of temptation known to humans. Every kind. Any temptation that we could possibly imagine. Otherwise, he couldn't be who he was. He couldn't do what he did. If he did not live fully as a human being, he could not pay our price. Forty days of fasting. Try one day. Try a few hours. Try skipping lunch. Try giving up coffee. Oh, whoa, whoa. hey, let's not get too carried away. Whatever you do regularly, whatever you think you might have a hard time doing without, give it up for a while. And every time you think about wanting that, talk to God. Better yet, listen to God. Speak to me, Lord. What do you want out of me? What do you want my life to be? Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. How can we possibly delight in the Lord if we only ever have one-sided conversations with him? See, unlike the world, God does not try to be louder than everything else around us. I'm going to be reading from 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 18. And if you want to read some truly great stories where God used ordinary people, ordinary imperfect people, in extraordinary ways to do extraordinary things, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles are full of great stories. A little background on this story. God just burned up the offering that Elijah had put together on the altar. It had been soaked, literally soaked with water. And this was to prove that God was the God, that the Baals were not true gods. And of course, God consumed not only the meat on the altar, he consumed the altar, the stones, all of the water in the trench around it. And then Elijah had all the prophets of Baal killed. And Jezebel threatened to kill Elijah. And he was afraid. Because a woman threatened to kill him. He was afraid. And he took off running. And he didn't just run somewhere close by and hide. The Bible says that he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights. He was really afraid. 1 Kings 19, 9 through 18. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with a sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. 
And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Ebal Moloi, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Haziel shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah was afraid because he thought he was the only prophet left in Israel. Had he actually taken the time to listen to God? God might have told him, no, you don't need to take off running. I got 7,000 people here. Think of how much time and how much energy it would have saved him. But he took off and ran for 40 days and 40 nights because he was afraid. The point I really want to bring out of this passage, though, is how God presented himself to Elijah. Verse 11, and he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. God can be a strong and powerful as anything we could possibly imagine. Earthquake, fire, wind. You look at what the hurricane just did. God could do a million times more than that. But that's not how God approaches us. God comes to us gentle and quiet like a whisper. See, when the whisper came, then Elijah felt safe enough to go out God chooses to be quiet and gentle. He doesn't force himself on us. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. 
That doesn't sound the way the rest of the world goes after us, does it? That's not how the rest of the world tries to get our attention. Jesus says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Boy, gentle's not the way I see advertising coming at me. It's not the way I see people trying to get my attention. A lot of times gentle doesn't work very well with me. Luke 11, 9 and 10, Jesus said, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Another one of my favorite passages of all times, Matthew chapter 6, 25 through 34. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Amen. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. How? How do we do that? How do we seek his kingdom and his righteousness? I'm glad you asked. In Acts chapter 17, verses 10 and 11. As soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. They examined the scriptures every day to see that Paul was teaching them the truth. How often do you do that when you hear somebody teaching on the Bible? Do you look at the scripture? Do you read it? Do you make sure that what they're trying to say is actually true? There's a lot of people out there that preach really good sermons. Except the only problem is they don't always preach the truth. There's some television preachers that like to tell you that God wants nothing to do with us other than bless us. 
and prosper us. And that's what he's all about. Yes, God does want to bless us and prosper us, but it's not always with money. See, Jesus flat out said, in this world, you will have trouble. Some people will preach that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, your troubles will all be gone. No, they're just starting. They're just beginning. We need to know the truth ourselves. Yes, it's great to have people teach it to us, to talk about it, to inspire us with it. But we need to know that it's truth. We need to know that it is God's word and not someone else's. The scriptures are the absolute easiest way to listen to God. It's his message to us. It's his love letter to us. Jesus said to the devil in Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We have the word of God right on our fingertips. We can have it in the customary book format, which you'll find in the pew racks in front of you. We can have the electronic version on our phone or computer. We can even go to websites and have someone read it to us if we don't like to read. There is no excuse for not reading or listening to the word of God. No excuse whatsoever. If we are too busy for the word of God, then we are too busy and something needs to change. And something needs to change quickly. God wants a relationship with us. And if we won't even listen to his word, listen to what he has to say to us, we don't have a relationship. If we are too busy for God, then we are too busy for life. We need to change something. Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 20 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray all the time, just like Jesus is right beside you. Because you know what? He is. If we have Jesus Christ in our hearts, he's in us. He's with us all the time. Not just when we get down on our knees, not when we close our eyes and pray all the time. Paul says, pray in the spirit on all occasions, whether we're happy, sad, good, bad, whatever. It doesn't matter. Not just when we need something constantly. We see somebody walking down the street that needs help. Pray for them. And if you can help them, help them. You don't have to look very hard to find somebody that needs prayer. I guarantee you. Pray for each other. Pray for other believers, especially those that are persecuted. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God wants us to tell him about all of our problems. 
Not just the big ones, not just the little ones that he thinks he can handle. All of them. And boy, do I have a list. I used to think that if I misplaced my keys, I couldn't go to God. That was my own stupidity. It's not his problem. He's far too busy to stop what he's doing and come help me find my keys. But that's exactly what he wants. Everything he wants us to give to him. And you know what really amazes me? When you finally get smart and you stop looking and you say, God, I need your help. And almost immediately you find them. It's like, why didn't I do that 20 minutes ago? No, I thought I had to do it myself. Casting all your anxieties on him. We are never called to be strong under our own power. Never. Jesus says in John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. We are not called to be strong on our own. Ephesians 6.10. Paul's talking about the armor of God. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He doesn't say be strong in yourself and call out to God when you can't handle it. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. 2 Timothy 2.1, Paul says to Timothy, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to talk with him. He wants to hear what's going on in our life. He wants to hear our problems and concerns, all of them. Even though he already knows all of them, he wants to hear it from our mouths. But rest assured, he does not want us to do all the talking. He wants us to listen. Psalm 46.10, God says, be still and know that I am God. Are you listening? Let's pray. Lord God, I'll be the first to admit that I have a hard time listening. Like so many of us, Lord, it's always about doing. It's always about telling. There's a reason we have one mouth and two ears. Most of us use our mouth more than we do our ears. We get caught up in the world, God. We get caught up in our problems. We just want to give them to you. And have you fix them. We know you don't need our help. So we just hand it off to you. and Let me know when you're done. That's not what you want. You want to talk to us about our problems. You want to problem solve with us. You want to tell us how 
to solve our problems. You want to tell us how to live our lives. You want to tell us how to be the children that you've called us to be. Lord God, this world is so noisy that we live in. And you are so gentle, so kind, and so humble. Give us the strength, the grace, and the power to turn off some of these things, Lord, so that we can hear you. Lord, it's not an easy step to take. As I prepared this sermon, it kind of got me right in the heart, God. Because I know I give you a list every day. And I don't often take time to hear what you have to say about it. I ask you for help. And I imagine there's at least one or two others out here that got the same problem, God. Help us to focus. Help us to look at each and every day as a new opportunity to talk to you, to hear your voice, to feel your love, and to talk with you, not at you. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for wanting that relationship with us. Help us. It's a big step for us, God. But we're all ears. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.